0: Hey, good morning, it's Patricia Murphy. It's Friday, this is Seattle Now. This week, there's a special election with one thing on the ballot, social housing. Microsoft is beefing up their search engine to catch up with Google, and the downtown Regal Theater is just like Schrodinger's cat. It's either dead or alive, but we don't know which. Needling editor-in-chief Lex Vaughn and KUAW arts and culture reporter Mike Davis are here to break it all down. But first, let's get you caught up. New legislation would make it illegal to shut off utilities due to non-payment when the temperature exceeds 90 degrees. House Bill 1329 was introduced at the request of the state attorney general to ensure access to drinking water and other utilities during heat waves. We've had a couple of scorching heat waves in recent years, so planning for the potential is becoming more top of mind. Bill sponsors say access to utilities is just one part of creating safety during extreme weather. A Senate labor committee wants to hear from Starbucks interim CEO Howard Schultz about the company's compliance with federal labor laws. Senator Bernie Sanders is now chairman of the Senate committee overseeing health and labor. He, along with 10 Democrats, invited Schultz to testify on March 9th. Sanders says Starbucks is just his first target. He also has in his sights Seattle-based Amazon, which he believes has acted illegally against unions. And get out your summer calendar. Seattle's Day In, Day Out Festival is coming back to Fisher Pavilion, August 12th and 13th. This year, the festival's going for two days instead of three, with acts like Bon Iver and Leon Bridges leading the lineup. And if you're in the mood for some local bands or DJs, Enumclaw, Acid Tongue, and Mimi Zima will be there too. Well, well, well. If it isn't our old friend Friday. This week, Deborah Juarez confirmed the rumors that she'll leave the council at the end of her term. The Seattle Police Department confirmed that increasingly more of us are experiencing crime, especially motor vehicle theft, which was at an all-time high last year. And there's a special election next week. We'll talk about the loan issue on the ballot in a minute. Lex Vaughn is here. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of The Needling, Seattle's most reliable news outlet. Lex, how you doing? Good to have you here. Good to be here. And Mike Davis is here too. He's KUOW's arts and culture reporter. Glad to have you, Mike.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Well, if you haven't already made Valentine's Day plans this coming Tuesday, you can still make a date with democracy. There's an election coming up and only one item is on the ballot. It's Initiative 135, one of the latest attempts to tackle housing affordability in our region. And if it passes, it would create a social housing authority in the city. The idea? to attract people of all income levels to live in a housing development together, which would help cushion the blow of market forces. The idea is very popular in Vienna, Austria. Now, to be clear, if this passes, we won't suddenly have social housing developments in the works. It would lay the groundwork to make this more feasible in the future. So, Lex, I need to ask you, do we need a new plan to solve housing affordability at this point?
2: yes i i think this is like a huge step forward even if it is kind of uh seattle politics it's like we're basically voting to create a committee very seattle of us uh (laughs) because that's what it is it's creating like a like a development authority for this but i still think that's a good move forward because it's like we're saying this is a priority this needs to be part of our city planning this needs to be part of our culture that we factor in how people of all economic levels can thrive here, because we need all of them here. I can't all be, you know, tech bros that are making 150k
0: straight out of college. That's ridiculous. Mike, like we mentioned, the bill doesn't fund anything beyond a CEO and office space for the next 18 months to give them an opportunity to raise money to make this happen. So basically, right now, what we're funding like Lex said, "Is an office to go out there and sell this thing really? Is mixed income housing a tough sell in this city? The pitch is the buildings are well appointed, so everybody benefits."
1: Yeah, well, we need it. Like, I don't, I don't think that there's any argument against it, and I agree that it is the Seattle thing to do for uh, the whole city to vote to create the possibility of actually then going and doing something, but something else that is very a uh, Seattle is for these types of social housing bills to fail. I think that this is a, a different type of approach. I think that instead of coming to taxpayers and saying, hey, taxpayers, we're gonna raise taxes so that we can do social housing. Instead, they're trying to put some, some pieces in place so that that funding can happen and we can have the opportunity to go out and get funds without having to take it from taxpayers we need this, uh, period. Like We need thousands of units. And I I remember having a conversation on Seattle Now. Now, Trish, you weren't there. You were out that day. But we we talked about an algorithm and we talked about the way that rents are rising and people are are looking and pointing fingers and trying to figure out why rent is so outrageous in Seattle. I, I don't even think that this is just a quote, unquote, low income problem. I think this is a citywide problem, finding units, finding places to live. So I mean, if this is the new approach that might actually work, then I'm all for it.
0: One thing that goes without saying is that our current public housing system is really in trouble. Um, It could really use some serious attention and there, like you mentioned, simply not enough units to house people at this point. There's a housing crisis. This legislation does have some support. Uh, Housing providers Solid Ground supports the measure, so does Real Change, and some tenants' rights groups.
2: Has anyone been vocally against it? I mean, I know that there's some kind of like construction kind of lobby people who obviously would like to just sell more expensive
0: houses and apartments. Obviously, they're against it. John Fox is against it, the director of the Seattle Displacement Coalition. He makes the point that, you know, what you are effectively doing here is creating another agency to compete for limited
1: funding. I think that that was the part of it that I liked, and I am typically not the more government guy, (laughs) but at the same time, putting this in the hands of a a government agency means that it's not for profit. Yeah, yeah. I don't see capitalism solving any problems that capitalism created. I, I don't see any privatized corporation coming in and not finding a way to turn this into dollars for themselves or for shareholders. If this is a government agency, then we we eliminate that that idea that this can turn into profits for the few. It will actually be about housing. Now, whether or not it will work is still yet to mm-hmm. be seen because government isn't perfect. But I think that it's less likely to be exploited by individuals.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because this is like a whole mindset shift because I think so far, our way of dealing with affordable housing here in the city has been like, well, hopefully someone does it. <laughs> like, and it's like, <laughs> n- that's not going to happen. It's not just going to happen. You have to say, no, this is necessary. We need it. We need to get you know the ball rolling on an intentional effort to make this happen.
0: I like the quote from the Vienna official who says, you can't tell how much money somebody makes by their address. I thought that was a really, like, in terms of summing up what this legislation is supposed to achieve, that is what it's supposed to achieve. Here's my final question Mm -hmm. on this. A lot of nuance, right, in this legislation, a lot of things to consider. We are really asking voters to embrace this totally new approach. Do you think people might shy away from voting on this one because it is complicated? You really do have to think about it a little bit.
2: We'll see how the special election element plays into it, because I think sometimes with a special election, it's like. Most people are like, what? No, you do this. I don't want to do this. And then sometimes Uh, I think you luck out. And, you know, the only people who vote are like people are like, yes, I really want this.
1: So the last day is Valentine's Day. So, you know, maybe people will come show the love. Show
0: your love for democracy (laughs) by doing your civic duty and voting. And hey, maybe you could do some research over the weekend on social housing. And chances are, if you're looking anything up on the Internet, you're using Google Our hometown player, Microsoft, of course, is hoping to change that. Bing and its web browser Edge are getting a glow up. Microsoft is adding AI-powered features to its oft-ignored search engine and browser. The features are powered in part by OpenAI. That's the company that makes ChatGPT and the recipient of a new multi-billion dollar investment from Microsoft. Bing is planning to have a summary of search results in bullet points and a chat function during searches similar to what you get out of chat gpt lex bing has always mm. gotten a pretty bad rap yeah would this make you use bing over google
1: would <laughs> anything make well, you use bing over look, google
2: like before we even you know make it worse with this chat GPT, which is like you know probably mostly going to be gold for comedians like me because i've already done it <laughs> um we've already had some good laughs about it uh, the only people who use Bing are people who work at Microsoft, people who are contracted my, by Microsoft, and people who don't know how technology works and just leave the you know settings on their you know computer. They don't know how to change it. <laughs> so I don't think this is gonna make anything better or worse. It's probably gonna make it worse,
0: Mike. KOW runs on Microsoft Tech, including Edge. So
1: <laughs> I, should, I should be careful how I how I answer this. Because uh, I had to I had to Google what Bing even was. I don't think there's anything that could get me to use Bing. I, I just no, no, thank you. Um I I am I'm impressed by OpenAI and, and their software and, and what it's it's been able to do. It's still not perfect. Um I think that. I'm not as afraid of, of the whole AI revolution as I was. I, I'm in the middle of a story on Chat GPT. I got like nine voices on this story. I got so many different perspectives. A lot of them came from people who have been using Chat GPT for years. Like this, this is the third version. They they had previous versions that just weren't as good. And I think really, I mean. AI is here. And, and if Google and Microsoft are going to put all of this money towards it, then I, I don't really see it going away. But I don't think that we're going to launch into like a, a sci-fi thriller anytime soon. I think that the, the machines still have to catch up. I've spent some time talking to chat GPT. You know, it's cool. We, we, we've had some conversations. <laughs> we've gotten real acquainted but i mean it's 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 limited to us right like it's it's just scraping the internet and pulling information and repackaging it and giving it to you so it's not coming up with anything right. new right it's and more fresh. of a text just,
0: predictor than an it's, actual it's, it's, intelligence exactly so
1: you know i don't know i just i think the idea that microsoft has with their search engine will probably be the future and i think that at some point google will get on board and have their own version and then they i'll probably do. use that version
0: they do. Oh. Okay, Google did release its own AI chat bot this week, named Bard. Hmm. Uh, it was a pretty rough rollout, apparently, from what <laughs> I'm reading. It was inaccurate. So back to the drawing board with Bard.
2: I have a question to you guys as reporters: like, how do you feel about AI like this possibly basically lifting your reporting? You know, yeah. your work that, was... <laughs> that you know you need to get paid for. You Um, say this like our stuff isn't lifted now. Yeah. I mean, but it's gonna get so much worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna get a lot easier to do that. And I think
0: that, you know, in that way you have to work to protect yeah, the sources of your information from being mangled out there in an AI chatbot world. Yeah. And
1: it's gonna happen. Yeah. (laughs) Like it is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And Um, I I actually spoke with a copyright lawyer until until some of these cases and lawsuits actually make it to the Supreme Mm. Court. It's going to be like Wild Wild West in a lot of cases for, for AI for a while. I think the thing that makes me not as worried as I was coming in is just the fact that I have the ability to think and I have the ability to create and AI can take things that I've already created and and try to mimic, but the AI can't do what I do. AI is not going to come to this microphone and have a human conversation with you. I think so. I don't know. I'm just not worried. I think it'll be a tool. I think we'll all start using it. We'll all find uses and functionality for Mm -hmm. it. And it'll be here for a time and it might fizzle out. It might grow. I think we'll see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. ChatGPT is not going to do this podcast like we are. That's right. Yeah.
1: also (laughs) capitalism capitalism is going to happen right now open ai is free we can all get on it and we all have access Mm -hmm. and everybody can use it just wait until the money gets involved pretty soon everybody's not even going to be able to use these things
0: one thing you said mike super true everyday life is changing all right now to one of seattle's latest mysteries what's up with the regal meridian in downtown man last month insider reported that regal's parent company cineworld was filing for bankruptcy it listed the meridian as one of the 39 locations closing down now employees at the theater insist they have renegotiated their lease they're going to stay open for business this according to chase burns the editor of the ticket mike you have been on this story what's the latest
1: it just depends on what you want from me, Trisha. You want me to wear my journalist hat, or do you want me to come be Mike Davis? I think like? I can do both.
0: I think <laughs> your journalist skepticism is important right now. Um, so
1: my journalist skepticism is is this: you had you had Insider, the Seattle Times, and KUOW all report that that Regal Theater is going to close. If that theater was in fact going to open. Who would it benefit the most to do a press release to say, hey, we're not going anywhere. Hey, you got two of the biggest <laughs> newsrooms in the city that say we're closing down. No, we're I think that they would do that. I think that that would be more likely than these employees, because they told us the same thing. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm not ready to make a report mm-hmm. based on employees being told by their employer that they're not going to shut Absolutely down not. <laughs> i mean for all i know if we're speculating still the employer just they might not want everybody to quit and i'm go get new pretty jobs sure that's before. the case <laughs> and you know so i yeah. so for me for me here's where the reporting is yeah. for me i've reached out to regal for comment I've got nothing. I've reached out to Center world for comment. I've got nothing. I've reached out to building management to ask if the lease has in fact been renewed. I've got nothing. So until I hear something from from one of them, from that level of authority, I'm going to lean on my reporting that says that they're going to close. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to celebrate being wrong. And I'm going to go down there and see a movie because (laughs) that would be a great instance to be wrong. But until I, I, I see a press release or somebody reaches out to media, I wouldn't report that.
0: All right. You know, you heard it here first. The skepticism from Mike Davis definitely on the case. And I guess since we can't share our Netflix passwords anymore, We're going to have to find some movie theaters to go to. So let's hope that that regal downtown stays open.
2: You know, I have to say it's been a long time since I've been wanting to see all of the movies nominated for an Oscar. And for this for this year, I'm suddenly feeling that again. I'm like, actually, like, wow, we got some like real players here. Um, I've been going out and seeing checking them off. (laughs)
0: Lex, do you uh, do you sneak in your candy? Uh, no, no. Oh, you really? I, you're. I don't. You're go such to the a movie good theater.
2: person. I I don't go to the movie theater that often, so you know I'll go ahead and I'll fork it
0: out for the red vines. Full experience, Lex. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it. I hit that QFC dollar candy aisle with the movie size. Keep I'm rattling small- on my way in from Milk Duds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I really like to you know keep like smaller like you know neighborhood theaters alive. So yeah. I you know I don't mind.
1: Thanks for saying that, Lex, because I was, as I've covered this closure, I've definitely been talking a lot about all of the theaters throughout Mm -hmm. the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. of Seattle. And there are so many. And when I go there, I absolutely buy the snacks. Mm -hmm. I I don't treat them the same way I treat the commercial theaters. The commercial theaters Mm -hmm. are a scam, but... Our, our local neighborhood theaters mm-hmm. they they deserve it. Yeah, they deserve it. Yeah, I Whenever do support local businesses.
0: You just won't c- catch me paying eight dollars for some milk duds at Regal. That's what you at Regal. That, oh yes. yeah, At a corporate like thing. I, I probably would. The local would. theaters
1: don't do us like <laughs> yeah. that yeah. Though, a lot <laughs> of times. Like if you go to Six you like go to Arc Lodge. Bucks. Go to Arc Lodge in South Mm -hmm. Seattle, and they'll have, like, Mm -hmm. actual baked brownies in there. Like, Mm -hmm. that's way better than the other stuff. Or Grand Illusion Cinema, they keep their junior mints in the freezer. So when you buy them, they're cold-free. And they have, like, all the classic sodas. So Mm -hmm. those places do special stuff.
0: Nice. All right, one last thing before we go. Someone in our state is now very, very rich. A $754.6 million Powerball ticket was sold at a Fred Meyer in Auburn. It's the fifth largest Powerball jackpot in history. We have seen a lot of these really high jackpot totals in the past few years. Do either of you play the lottery? No.
1: I'm about to now. You uh. winning up here? Oh, Why didn't I? Why couldn't that have been me? I wouldn't even be here right Chances now. Chances are it wouldn't be screen. you, though,
0: Mike. That's the problem. It's like you get like there's no, there's hardly any chance. But, of course, the whole line is you've got to be in it to win it, right?
1: I might have to start playing now. There's so many Only o- in Auburn, though.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's so
2: many other ways to gamble in life that aren't the lottery. <laughs> and I do that.
0: <laughs> so far, lottery officials have not said if anyone has stepped up to claim the prize, the winner has 180 days to come forward. I would definitely sit on this news for a while.
1: So would I. <laughs> oh, whoa, <laughs> so would I. Why? No rush. Why? I-, I wouldn't want anybody to know. I wouldn't want anybody. Oh, if you I mean want like that much I mean, but money, they
2: haven't claimed it. Like I understand not right. wanting people to know, but like,
1: well, I want the buzz. The okay, down. but if they I, claim I it, the is it automatically
2: public who won? Yes, oh, your okay. name is public right. record. So it's, even they're if they're just you, like readying themselves,
1: they're in court changing <laughs> their name.
2: <laughs> they're getting divorced. <laughs> they're making sure there's a prenup. Oh you're being divorced oh. man cold cold oh. hey man some people
0: i'm i'm thinking a lot of people if they had enough money would not what would you do with the money that's the that's the big question i know i would the close.
2: main thing i would do is just make sure i never have to worry about money again however whatever that is
0: oh my gosh yeah. I could, because i'm I can live very vicariously through other ideas. That felt great, even for the moment you mentioned it, Lex. That's what <laughs> that's, we, a- that's
2: what most of us really want. We just want to not think about it, ironically. Yeah. I want a lot of money, so
0: I don't have to think about it. That's true. Yeah, me too. I probably still
1: keep doing what I'm doing, but just yeah. knowing that I didn't have to. None of that stress.
0: Changed. Knowing yeah. you don't have to yeah. makes it easier to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. We are leaving it there. Lex and Mike, thanks so much for taking the time today. Lex Vaughn is the editor in chief at The Needling. Mike Davis is kuw's arts and culture reporter. Thanks again, you too. Yeah. <laughs> nice talking with you
1: guys. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's show was produced by Vaughn Jones and Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. The show is also produced by Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecilmore, Brandi Fullwood, and Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you Monday. Have a great weekend mm